Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to 66.6 The Horror. That's what they're spending their time doing. Why did I marry this fucking guy? (laughs) (laughs) At the gift shop again? You know what? We do, but I'm telling you, Lloyd, the way he looks at you is unsettling. It's like he's staring into your soul. I don't know. He's kind of familiar to me. Is he? Yeah. Huh. Like, I've always had this kind of... I, I, since I got here, I kind of feel like he was just always familiar to me. Yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I like Lloyd. You like I, I mean, I like his name. Yeah. I don't know. It's cool. I like any name that has two letters that are the same in the beginning. Ooh. La Lloyd. La Lloyd. Or just Yoid, if it's in Espanol. Yoid. Yoid. Anyways, let's go back, man. I really enjoyed that last movie, The Shining. Um... I don't know. I'm still pretty bored, though. Let's see if we can go get another one. Yeah. Did you rewind? Uh, did, no, I didn't. Did you? I thought you did. Did you? I, I, I guess we'll find out when we get there. It okay. doesn't matter. Look, well, let's let's go. Just, he'll, you know what? Let's just drop it in the little deposit box and just tell him that we rewound it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. I'm sure. All right, let's go down there. Ready? Where is he? Is he opening the door maybe to a dungeon? He's, <laughs> maybe he's at the bar. I, I I just left the bar. This is the this is my problem. I know you like Lloyd. He's fine, but like he's gentlemen. No, oh, how are you? Fuck. See, see what I'm talking about? How are you today, gentlemen? I, I've got to go change my pants, but other than that, I'm just fine. Mr. Leatherface, that sounds fantastic. Go change your pants now. Mr. Eddie, Mr. Hooligan, how are you? A, uh, Enjoying your stay? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Can't complain. Did you drop the tape in the deposit box? Yes, we did. We rewound. No, you didn't. Yes, we did. I know you didn't. You didn't we even look, so you don't know. You don't know. I know. These Listen, are things I know. Fucking, <laughs> we're, we're ready to watch something else. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? How did you know that my name was actually Yoid? Well, uh, it was just a lucky guess. Listen, my mother was Spanish. My father was a stutterer. That's why he said... <laughs> Lloyd. So it's actually both ways. So I just went with Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah, Lloyd. That's why there's two L's in the beginning. But my mother was Spanish, so she pronounced it Lloyd. Lloyd. Well, what do you have for us, Lloyd? The Shining. Hey, I like you, Lloyd. Always have. You keep stacking them up, and I'll keep knocking them down. Yeah, the best there is, the best there ever was. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you enjoyed the 1980 Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining, may I suggest the 2019 sequel, Doctor Sleep? Okay. Ooh. All right. Uh, you know, I, honestly, I kind of forgot this movie came out. I could use a movie that kind of can put me to sleep. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down. Oh, this will do anything but put you to sleep. Why don't you read the back of the box to see if it might be something that interests you? Oh, good call. Let's yeah. do that because that's always a good indication for us. Yes, do that now. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's see what this has to offer. Okay. On highways across America, a tribe of people called the True Knot travel in search of sustenance. They look harmless, mostly old. Lots of polyester. 
and married to their RVs. But as Dantorn's nose and tween Aberstone leams, the true knot are quasi-immortal, living off the steam that children with the Shining produce when they are slowly tortured to death. Haunted by the inhabitants of the Overlook Hotel, where he spent one horrific childhood year, Dan has been drifting for decades, desperate to shed his father's legacy of despair, alcoholism, and violence. Finally, he settles in a New Hampshire town on AA community that sustains him, and a job at a nursing home where his remnant shining power provides a crucial final comfort to the dying. Aided by a Brazilian cat, he becomes Dr. Sleep, then meets the evanescent Aberstone, and it is her spectacular gift, the brightest shining ever seen, that reignites Dan's own demons and summons him to a battle for Aber's soul and survival. Great. That's <laughs> Sounds great. Right. Does that look like something that you might be uh, interested in taking? Not really, no. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and just take it and get the fuck out of my shop. <laughs> yeah. See, he turns on the dime on you, this Lloyd, doesn't yeah, he? I, I Absolutely. Know, but I, I still feel like he's like a... He's like a spirit animal. Right, I'm standing right here. He's I can a spirit, hear all right. I can That's literally hear everything like you're saying. He's like a spirit hedge animal. He's a can... spirit who serves spirits. Right. I can still hear you. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Also, question for both of you. Uh, why is your other friend over there licking the wall? Uh, those those the schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> yeah, they still got a hold of them. Right. Uh, okay. Um, I wish him the best. He also may need to go change his his pants. I, I can there's see there's something going on over no there. No doubt about it. Okay. Well, go ahead and take the film. Bring it back. Rewound this time because I do know for a fact that you didn't rewind the last you one. Damn hey, hey, he, you know, I'll tell you what. I'll say the magic words and it'll be rewound. Okay. And what's the magic words? Fucking forgot. Uh, <laughs> you're a real fucker, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead and get out of my shop. And why is everyone calling me a fucker all the time? <laughs> <laughs> and why is everyone always accusing me of not rewinding? Okay, I'm going to go back to the bar now. <laughs> Goodbye, gentlemen. We'll see you. We'll okay. see you. Bye-bye. All right. Ah. So, uh, should we give it a thumbs up, thumbs down? So before we jump into the general discussion? Let's give it a thumbs up. I, I give it a thumbs up myself. Yeah. yeah. Thumbs up for me? Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, if it wasn't a thumbs up, we wouldn't be fucking talking about it. That's tonight. not true. Ah, oh, that isn't true. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked remember, about some real stinkers. Yeah, remember that was... A, yeah, yeah. That's not totally true. Well, do you know what my favorite part about this movie is? I watched it. I told Hooligan, oh my God, you gotta watch this movie. And then Hooligan tells Lynn, hey, you gotta watch this movie. And guess what Lynn does? Watch he tells the movie? us <laughs> that he thought it was a snooze fest. He said, what, what, what'd you call it? Doctor... Dr. Snooze. Dr. Snooze. Dr. Snooze Fest 2020? Dr. Snooze Fest 2020, yeah. Yeah. And, my exact words. And you know what? I, I was like, oh, really? Maybe I missed something. Maybe I, I overhyped it. However, Hooligan was like, I'm fucking offended. <laughs> he was. He was like, he's like, he's like, oh, and I was on the phone with him when he said, he goes, oh, my God. Did you see what fucking Lynn said? He said he, it was a snooze fest. Can you believe that shit? And then, like, and this is earlier in the day. We're supposed to talk later that night about On the it. Zoom meeting, and, yeah, and, yeah. And just in pre preparation, uh, Hooligan calls to say, hey, we're still on, right? You know, and, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to hear what Lynn didn't like about it, why it was a snooze fest. 
and, and, and but before I could even have that thought, Hooligan's like, I'm kind of offended that he did that. <laughs> and you know what? I, I was like this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I directed it myself. <laughs> and you know what that did to me? It made me go. Oh yeah, well fuck him too. Fuck <laughs> mutiny anybody. Fucking yeah, so we're right, right? On this and um and then uh It's like shit, I can't even have my own fucking opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It, opinion. It, it was really opinion. turning us against each other, like uh Yeah. Only I, to get on there and be like, just get fooling you guys, you fuckers. I really liked it, you know? And, and he really liked it, man. Yeah. I was trying to trying to pull one over on him, but you know, I guess it worked. It Shit, did. I almost got. I was like, uh, I can't fired. believe this guy didn't like it. No, I can't believe this guy didn't like it. Yeah, he's not allowed to. He's not allowed to go against what the group thinks. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. out of your fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this is uh, this is a fucking cool movie, dude. Uh, we all liked it. So all thumbs up all around, right? Yeah, yeah well done. Uh, I mean, God, you've got quite the. Fucking shoes to fill. Yeah. I mean, or not shoes to fill. You're not trying to remake The Shining, but hey, you're following up to. I mean, what I, what I consider cinema's finest, genius. I mean, triple A, all star. You name it. I mean, it's you know whatever. So I mean, that's big shoes to fill. But yeah, it delivered. It truly delivered. Absolutely. Not not just good for a sequel, but just good because it's yeah. And that's an good. interesting place to start. I mean, do you think that? And it's hard to put yourself here, but you think that it could stand alone in a movie just by itself, like if you didn't have anything that's shining. I do. Is you think it's still like if you were to watch just this, and The Shining just doesn't exist? Is it does it kind of have enough to stand alone? Maybe I was drunk with nostalgia when I watched this, but I remember thinking this might even be better than The Shining. And I I know that's uh, hard words to say based on the ultimate tribute we just gave it but it had been a while since i seen The Shining sure. and to watch this and just to be able to like not even reference it not even have like a reference you know I was like hey, maybe I should watch The Shining and then Doctor Sleep I didn't do that I skipped it I was just like I was so anxious for something to do that I was like eh, fuck it I'm just gonna watch Doctor Sleep I bet it's not good I and think we all were feeling that way prior to watching this that, that yeah. we just discussed too the trailer came out it's like okay, we knew or we heard about it. They're doing this thing. Here it is, and we're kind of like kind of forgot about it. We're like oh well, yeah. I'm not going to the theaters. I'm not paying money to go to the theaters and see it. I'll see it whenever I see it. And it lived in that for me. It did. I'm it told you guys why it lived very much so in this realm of like movies. Like I kind of forgot about it, and I really really hadn't talked to anyone that had seen it. No one had said, hey, I've seen this. You gotta watch it. I mean, it just kind of flew, flew right past me. The release yeah. of it, everything. Yeah. Everything, yeah, but thank goodness we, we watched it because mm. it was such a good one, dude. It's like, it's, I, I you know, I went back and rewatched The Shining uh, again, and it, it had been probably five or six years since I had seen it, uh-huh. and so I watched it strictly for this podcast, and I do like The Shining more. I, uh, I, I do, but... I, I agree, but it took, it took watching Doctor Sleep and then to watch Shining to find another love for The Shining that yeah, I didn't Yeah, it's been a while since you'd seen The Shining, you yeah. know? And, and yeah, but sure. Doctor Sleep is a fantastic movie. I thought it was really well done. Ewan McGregor was fucking great in it. Well, he's great in, like, anything he does. Yeah, he, yeah I, like, I like Ewan McGregor. He's really great. Um, I think Mike Flanagan did a great job with the direction. Um, he did some other really cool movies like Hush. That uh, yeah, he was that, a writer there. Oh right? yeah, that I forgot. I think so. I think so. Uh, but yeah, he did. He did Hush, which was an awesome one. That I was a, Hush was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did that. Um, and then I think what else did he do? I know he did a couple mm. other kind of cool ones. I know he did one of those uh, Haunting at Hill Ouija House. movies. Um, oh, he did that other Stephen King movie that was on uh, Netflix, Gerald's Game. 
Never saw that one. It's good. Oh, man. it was good. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a creepy one. Yeah. That's a really weird movie. But, yeah, good director, I, I guess. Uh, but this was the first thing that I really saw with him, I think. Uh, no, 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 I saw I saw Hush and Gerald's Game yeah. before this. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, the point is, did a great job. Uh, the movie's long, but, you know, it's almost, I think it's almost three hours. It's or longer than The Shining, it, but it feels shorter than The Shining. I, I could have used more of it. You yeah. know, and to be honest with you, it's like, I know Stephen King hasn't written more novels based on this particular story but i would love to see more man i'd love to see where they can go with it because it's so cool it it explains the shining um you have the the true knot this group of like hippie vampires basically uh they're immortal only due to the fact that they uh, uh, inhale steam is what they call it you know steam is basically the like the the soul of those who shine so it's kind of I kind of like relate it to the X Men where they're like these mutant people mm. who have these special abilities, mm-hmm. and if it's, if they can find these people, then they basically want to absorb their energy, which is their steam, and they're really looking for children. Children have yeah. the best steam, and that's this creepy as shit, yeah, man. Like is. like the you know the, the movie opens up uh, to a little girl getting kidnapped by them, and you don't really know that she's kidnapped necessarily. You just see them all kind of gathering around her, so you yeah. kind of like assume, well, I guess they took her. I don't know what happened to her. And later in the movie, you find out what they find really do, and they they like the steam is better if they torture them, and they're in fear Suffering, and pain. And, yeah, and dude, that scene when they kidnap that little boy, um, and they hold him down, and you you can only really hear what's going on. You can't see it. Uh, it just leaves the mind up to a lot of imagination. Man, that is like one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It, in a, in yeah, a, in a, in because a it's a child. Good long while, and it, it took me back. And I know we mentioned this, you know, before, but it's like, oh well, I mean again. Doesn't really matter. We didn't. We talked about it on the Zoom, but let's, let's pretend that never exists. Yeah. But like, um, it's like practice run. <laughs> yeah. There's something about it. Something back to whenever it I was. Technically, it. doesn't exist. Yeah. Really, it doesn't. Thanks. Um, um, yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn it. But like, whenever I was a kid, you know, like the the biggest fear was like being abducted, and I think you know, growing up, you know, in the late '80s and early '90s, uh, it's like. That Adam Walsh thing, and you know, your parents always struck the fear of God in you. Like your head's gonna end up cut off in a box if you ever, you know what I mean? It's like they're like, don't walk too far, don't separate from us. Children are abducted every day, and it's like it was like the scariest thing, you know, to me as as a kid, just like being kidnapped or something, you know, just and it made me feel like that same fear as when I was a child. Like watching that is so disturbing. Um, I almost couldn't watch it. Like I almost wanted to turn my head. It's, like yeah. it was right there with rape scenes in movies for me i can't stand watching rape scenes like you know last house on the left or like i spit on your grave or anything like that it just fucks with me man yeah it's it's icky man so that was a that was a creepy one but i you know i know how just fucked up this sounds but it's almost like we were talking about earlier what kind of horror movies you're looking for if you really want to get scared you know center a movie around somebody who's you know trying to lure in children <laughs> that's, sure. I mean I hate to say that but like you know look at look at it with Pennywise and when he kills Georgie it's you know one of the yeah. most memorable things you've ever seen because it's like it's so fucking crazy it's a little kid hey yeah. we, so we put on the second installment of the newest it the other day and I had mixed feelings about it when I saw it and I, I think that I may like it better and, I, and yeah there's a bunch of that in there you know and, and the and that whole you know in the old one and with Tim Curry's Pennywise and yeah. the new one the themes that they play on there and Preying on children. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just creepy. Well, and I want to say this. So we're talking about Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. We're talking about The Shining, right? We're talking about Stephen King, okay? So 
I had a friend explain a lot of, of the differences in the novels versus the movies because I, I've yeah. never read the novels. None of us has none of us have read these novels, and mm-hmm. I wish wish I would. I, I want to going forward, but. Uh, what she explained to me was so many different things about Stephen King, and man, I, honestly, my mind was blown, dude. Like, basically, all stories that Stephen King has ever written tie together. Isn't that just insane? It's so nuts, dude. Like, so you have the Dark Tower series, and that's where it really all comes together and explains how it all comes together. But like Pennywise, it, it is an entity. And Pennywise is just one form that it takes, right. you know, but it, it feeds off the fear of children. Um, but he, like, and, and and by no means am I really explaining this correctly, or, or is it even really comprehend, comprehensive to me, comprehensible? Well, I mean, it's, it's fucking vast. I mean, look, to create a story like it, let's just say, I mean, the creative mind that has to create that character, that world, but to think that that is... Fragment of this much, it's just a larger fragment world. of it. Dude. It really is almost too much to come. So it, according to what she was telling me, is like the most powerful evil force. He he represents what what Stephen calls or Stephen King calls the random. Okay. And then they have yeah. another another force that's called the purpose, and they have this thing called Ka. And so I don't know, man. If you're interested in Stephen King or interested in what I'm talking about here, please do some research and and, and get into it because it's so fucking interesting, man. But like, yeah, it feeds off the fear of children Um, and you know you have Randall Flagg that's in the stand and he's Mm -hmm. also the Crimson King of the Dark Tower and he's an evil force as well and it all ties together I've always loved the idea of like these multiverses right Right, right. I think it's a neat neat concept and uh, god what what cooler one than one that exists out of the mind of Stephen King of all the things he's done like to think about I mean these movies Cemetery to fucking stand it's fucking Shining and it they all exist. They one all it's exist. amazing. Here, right? Here's the crazy one for it's you, man. It's a shame that they couldn't find a way to make Dark Tower the movie better. Right. I never saw it. I just heard it was terrible. I just heard it was terrible. I've yeah. Even she who was explaining this was like, yeah, don't watch that movie. It's, it's awful. But yeah. but here's a crazy one. This one was like, wow. I, I couldn't believe it. So um, how they all tie together, you know, with like The Shining, for example. So Danny shines. Well, look at like, you know, you get like Carrie. She's kind of like, what is that, telekinetic? Uh, and uh-huh. you know that sort of thing so she kind of shines John Coffey in The Green Mile shines right. he can heal people he can see things so you have like that's basically like like I said like the X-Men it's like this uh, special power special ability a sixth sense if you will and um, man it's just like wow I cannot believe how it all really ties together and it's really neat man and I think that, that you bring up a really good point which I'm so glad that this movie did is it <laughs> sheds a bit of light bit of light onto The Shining, right? It shines a little bit more light onto what The Shining is because it's like the way they describe it and the way it's broken down, uh, you sort of get an idea of like, oh, okay, so that's what it is. I mean, you do in The Shining, it's like, okay, I guess you can, like, he has sort of like this power, this intuition, a sixth sense in a, in a way, but you, what you come to realize is that uh, people can shine in different ways and they may, it's like, for instance, if you take a, uh, take a professional baseball player, right? Well, uh, Yes, he's good at baseball, but is he an outfielder? Is he a shortstop? Is he a pitcher? Right? It's like The Shining. Okay, yes, you you have this intuition, the sixth sense, but you may have a certain thing that you are more powerful at, or you may have a, you know what I mean? Like each one is kind of different. And some people are just, you know, maybe the way it's described in a movie, they're really good at taking tests and they don't know why. Mm -hmm. They shine. So we all, in a a way, could have this ability. We just may not be tapped into it nearly as much as, let's say, Danny. Yeah. 
Right. And Danny shines big time. Like that's one yeah. thing that you learn later on when when he's been able to avoid the uh, the the true knot or any really anybody knowing that he shines his whole life. And when uh, later on in the movie, when Rose the Hat discovers him, she's like, "How did we miss you?" Yeah, yeah, right. You know, like he is he is that strong. Because so that's, that's what cool. they you see that throughout the movie too. She's like she sort of gets in this meditative state, and she's like. You know, New Hampshire, uh, East Coast. You know, it's like I'm picking up this tremendous energy from someone that's really like, and and that's what they do. They they prey off, they take uh, whatever sort of energy that these you know so happens to be kids. Uh, I guess because they're easy targets and it's more pure when they're younger. Because the mm-hmm. older they get, I guess it's sort of like the light dims, right? You yeah. know, it's not nearly as powerful. Uh, but she, one of her strengths is that she can really hone into that and pick that up, right? Uh, and man, what a what a great villain Rose the Hat is. So yeah. she's the main one, the, the leader of the True Knot, mm-hmm. uh, the group. But you know, I never found that that Rose was really that evil necessarily. I just found that she, you know, they're trying to survive. They're trying to be immortal, and it's I, I never got the idea that they like really wanted to kill children. But that's that was the best way for them to to live on. Um, and so in like Stephen King's novels, he doesn't. I don't think he has like the conventional vampire. Uh, but these are considered vampires in his in his universe, right? His multiverse. Sure, it's um, a, a soul. Maybe it's not feeding off the blood, but feeding off the soul off and the power soul, of, right. of, of people. And so, so it's kind of cool. As a matter of fact, I, I found that they were actually somewhat related to like Mr. Barlow from the Salem's Lot. Yeah, um, so yeah, you'd mentioned and that. He's a, yeah. and, you know, in the, in the in the movie Salem's Lot, he looks like a pretty conventional vampire, like you're normally used to seeing. But yeah. in the novel, it's different. So kind of cool how that ties together, but. You know, I never thought that that Rose was necessarily evil. Evil. Uh, she was just trying to do her thing. I thought she was. You thought you thought straight up she enjoyed Absolute, killing children. Uh, well, she was absolutely just in her own head, absolutely justifying everything she was doing at the cost of other people, mm-hmm. and only to serve those people. Oh yeah, I thought she was evil. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I from. From the very opening scene when she's talking to that little girl, I, I got a sense that she's up to no good. One of the most adorable girls yeah. you'll see in cinematic history. Yeah. 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 And uh, she's uh, she's really has no good intentions. The only intention right. she has is, um, much like you're saying, she's she has to survive. And in order to do that, they have to feed off, because uh, they're not like immortal, but they, they could sustain this sort of, they could suspend life in this, in this time frame they live in if they continue to feed off those and so in order to do that you gotta do some pretty fucked up shit yeah and, and if uh, if you don't have what she's looking for you're you're right. food right you're not um I mean the, the people in there they all and they don't really go into it in the movie but I've heard in the book they really describe every member of it what they have that's which would have been really interesting, but again, you know, you only got two and a half hours to cover. And there was how many of them in the, in the knot? There's probably uh, like eight. maybe eight of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I, but I love when you you did see a little glimpse of that. They all kind of had their own. I wish they would have you know elaborated a bit more on that. Um, you, yeah, but it's it's interesting too because you think you know is is Rose is, is she evil? It's like to me, it's like you got to think. She okay. Let's say that. Um, your family is uh, hungry, right? And you could go about many different ways to feed them. You could you get a job, make an earnest living, and pay for food. Or you could go steal it from someone else. They made a conscious decision to get a more pure 
form of what can they can feed off of by making that kid suffer. They didn't have to do that. They could have still fed off of him and killed him quickly and be done with it. Yeah. Instead, they got greedy with it and they knew what they were going to be getting was pure. So in essence, it's like instead of saying, well, I need to feed my family, I'll get a job making honest living and do that. Yeah. I'll just go steal from someone else. There's two different ways to go about it. They didn't have to make that kid right. suffer. And, Are you coming up with another fan theory that this is all about the welfare crisis? <laughs> I was gonna. That was gonna be my big reveal at the end. This is actually all based on the Great Depression Jesus. of the 1930s. Oh well, oh, fuck. Yeah, full yeah. circle. Full no, circle. but hey, I'll, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna write it down. Fan theory. I'm gonna do some research, and I'll, I'll have a full fucking yeah. Room two thirty eight. Room two thirty eight. Next door. You'll find me next door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, so you know what? Kind of thinking on it, I'm like, oh, Rose didn't seem that evil, but gosh, man, you Look, know, like, the, the, the crow. I, I know, I know where you're going. What you, Rebecca well, Ferguson is hot, dude. You knew that I was gonna say that. So she is hot. You got. She's she Black that, Widow. You got blinded by her beauty and entangled in her web. Dude, that's that that Irish accent she's got going on. Yeah. And you're like, damn, dude. Okay, what was the other guy's name? The Crow, Crow Daddy. Crow Daddy. He was evil, dude. He killed Abra's dad. And then, and like the the girl that they found in the movie theater in the beginning of the movie that they they turned into you oh, know, girl yeah. in the true knot, and she ended snake, up making snake bite Andy. Snake yeah, bite. yeah, she made uh, uh, Dan's friend okay. kill himself. So and yeah, they're evil. Thing they're about, evil. I feel like her. I I I kind of feel like she. Okay, obviously she's a bad person, but you know what she was doing is she was really just kind of her whole thing before the knot got a hold of her. She was really just kind of taking down sexual predators. Yeah. So she, I mean, she was really like, she was bad. Yeah, she did bad shit, but her targets were people that probably got what they deserved. They corrupted her. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she found absolute power. She's like, oh, you can, like, torture these people and get an extra bit of life? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm 100% in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how it went. Now, in the book, they mentioned Rosa Hat. Like, she looks like a beautiful, like, the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. But when the good people saw her, that she wasn't. She looked very horrific. Kind of like Interesting. in The Shining. When that, that Jack sees the hot chick in the yeah. tub and then yes. she looks like an old hag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that... She's ab- absolutely disgusting looking so to there's people an who could see through her. There's an interesting thing that I took from uh, Room 237, which that documentary came out in 2013, but it did play on something that I thought was a big theme in The Shining. And so it says demons are kind of sexually attracted to humans, or humans are kind of sexually attracted to demons, and they feed off of them. And so, you know... I think it's a really interesting thing that, like, had the perception of her being this beautiful person was to lure in people to be... So, you know, that's like the devil can take many forms, right? Mm. And, I, and that's something, you know, when you see the lady in the bathtub to lure in Jack Torrance, she's this beautiful woman stepping out of the bathtub, this, you know, body that's just, you know, whatever. But whenever the reality kicks in, it's like you said, she's rotting flesh, essentially. Um, and so it's kind of interesting that, like, that... That's something they touch on in The Shining a little bit. They don't go into it, but you see it thematically in the plot. And they didn't touch on that in Doctor Sleep. They didn't. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. You know? That is interesting. But, you know, I think it would have been kind of neat if had they would have done that. I know. That's one place where I would say they should have included that. Yeah, Yeah. interesting, man. So, I want to talk about... No. Uh, okay, absolutely. <laughs> we'll just go ahead that and... That concludes our episode. And I'll just fucking leave. And, um, 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. come on, guys. You guys are just don't so be, mean to me. Just so, so mean. Don't be such a... Don't be a lead hey, up, Larry. Don't be, a, don't be a Gary Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. That's a real doozy, Judge. Don't be a Bill Watson. Speak of Gary Hunt, um, the lady in the bathtub... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how they were wearing them back then. <laughs> they were wearing them. <laughs> let, me, let me pick these out of my teeth. Oh, oh no. Okay, but seriously, though, I want to talk about, so Dan, Danny, the movie starts off with Ewan McGregor uh, as uh, living a pretty rough life. He's an alcoholic. He's yeah. getting into bar fights, um, you know, all that kind of shit. And then he kind of decides, I, th- I think he makes that conscious decision to to change himself and he moves uh, to another town and he gets involved in well, NAA yeah well he, he splits town because uh pretty much someone OD'd in his bed yeah <laughs> so yeah, and the, the there's baby. not much of a conscious decision to leave he's just like I need to get the fuck out of town yeah, hey, and then, guys uh, that's neither here nor there <laughs> I mean you guys have never the only conscious in- decision he made is to leave that dying mother and her baby to fend for herself. And in the book, I think the baby dies. I think in the movie, the baby dies. Oh, wow. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because if you, if, and when he has those flashbacks, those nightmares, it's like, definitely shows the ba- baby, like, dead. And, and, and oh, the- oh, that's wow. right. I never really yeah, yeah, put yeah. that together. I thought that was just kind of his own imagination, but I don't know. Oh, hey, that's fine. It was I mean, an assumption. I just, I don't know. Have you guys really never... You know, woken up to a dead chick in your bed from an OD? It's been a while. It has? Okay. It's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. Woke up to a dead chick in my bed. No, but you're right that he does make the conscious decision once he leaves town to seek out the help that he needs to be given. Well, he he meets the the friend of his that ends up dying later, but the guy... Tommy? Billy? I I think it was uh, Abraham. Billy Freeman. (laughs) Billy Freeman. Okay. Uh, Anyways... He, they meet each other. He gets involved in AA, um, and then later on is when he he discovers Abra. Abra is somebody who shines, and and she connects with him, uh, you know, telekinetically, and like you know that because they both shine. Uh, and so this, a lot of people say that the theme of this movie is really kind of about Stephen King and his own sobriety. You know, he had an alcohol oh, yeah. issue. Uh, he was yeah. a drug abuser. He did the 12 steps uh, with AA, and they think this really revolves around that in a lot of ways of, of overcoming addiction and also getting to know, getting back into like a like a, a family in a way. Abra calls him her uncle. Yeah. And he's going to live on with her forever because though he ends uh, the movie by dying, he kills himself, his mortal self, he lives on because he knows how to shine and right. he knows that his, his his spirit will will live on. And so it, he be, kind of becomes part of her family. And I think that's kind of been, that kind of ties back to Stephen King of probably, you know, family issues while being an addict and, and kind of coming back to that. Sure. So a lot, of the, a lot of people think that that's what it has to do with and that there's just kind of fantasy elements peppered in. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you could definitely make an argument that that's what you're seeing. Yeah, there was actually a poll um, before he wrote this. He put something out, I believe, it was on the internet um, about would his fans rather him write another Dark Tower novel or write a sequel to The Shining? And it was a pretty unanimous vote for a sequel to The Shining. Holy crap! So he uh, he ended up doing it, and then here we have the movie. I believe the novel came out in 2013. Is that right? 
Yeah, it was when newish. Uh, I thought I had it pulled up, but I, I could, could be. But, could be but wrong. the point is, um, you know, a lot of people think that he was kind of basing it on his uh, his his real life story, which is pretty pretty crazy to think about. You know, I mean, I, I like how it all played out with Abra becoming close to Dan. And, and she was great. That actress, was that young great. actress that played mm-hmm. her, um, she's she's got a bright future. Kylie Curran, but Abra Stone, man, she was just just a joy to watch. Yeah, she really was. And, and I love the real life aspect of it because that's not all that present in The Shining. I thought The Shining kind of just seemed like a nightmare. This one kind of had that real life. How do you deal with it in everyday life, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and just a constant like you know. I mean, the constant dealing with death, like when he becomes Dr. Sleep, you know, the way they that he kind of comforts right, him, right. you know, where you, you see the cat and you're like, oh God, this is where this movie's going to really just kind of like make you rethink your life, but it and does it in a positive way. Is that cat, um, you know, in the lore of Stephen King, that cat is actually in the same bloodline as uh, the cat in Pet Cemetery. It's an... No kidding. You know what? I'm just kidding. Actually, actually, no, that is actually kind of true. Um, (laughs) Wow. That was something else I found out, that that cat is kind of like a reoccurring theme through a lot of Stephen King's novels. Um, And I may be making that shit up as I speak, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah. And you heard that first. It's 66.6 to horror. It's the only place you get that sort of in-depth analysis. Yeah, that fucking light bulb just went off and you're fucking, you know what's up. But... Uh, that was one thing, too, that I thought was so fucking cool. It was, it's called Dr. Sleep. It's kind of a goofy-sounding name, you know? I, like, I, honestly, like, whenever I talked, it's like the sequel to Shining, I'm like, okay. Dr. Sleep is yeah, the sequel kinda, to The Shining? it sounds like a Motley Crue B-side. Dr. Feelgood, Dr. Sleep, you know? Dr. Sleepgood. Or it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Mattress Firm is doing their fucking, like, special... Yeah, dude. So, but I thought it was so cool. He's working in the hospital. It's these elderly people that know that they're they're gonna die. This cat like shows up out of nowhere, and they know when the cat comes, it is their time to go, and they're scared and everything. And you know, Dan comes in and, and he just helps them through it. He he comforts them and says, you know, just go to sleep. And it's just and he does it so naturally. So naturally, like, and it's, it's, yeah. it's so cool, man. Like you know, when I go, how nice would it be to have somebody just be like, it's all good. You're, yeah, you're, you're gonna live on in another way. And just go to sleep. Just take yeah. a nap. And, 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 you know, that's it. And, and for me, that was like the kind of the crossroads where, you know, Danny goes from this, uh, you know, just kind of like... Broken person. Broken person. Broken is even like the right word. Like almost like bad person. Yeah. You know, like where he's he just was, a destructive person. Serious life decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then when you see him meet like Billy, you're just like... Yeah, and you see the friendship just happen like right before you're just like, uh, he's you know, he kind of thought Dan was kind of deceiving him, and then all of a sudden he he gets this job. He, he I love what they did with Dan. They didn't make him squeaky clean. They made Absolutely. him uh, very 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 multi layered, going from bad to. Really good. Really like, good. And, like he, and even showing... within that arc, you know, he does have moments of weakness where he grabs a bottle and he's like on the verge of like taking a sip because it's like, you know, and he struggles with that. It's yeah. like they show the struggle and it looks like a real struggle and it's like, it's, you feel for him because yeah. you know what he's, where he's been. Yeah. 
and it shows them even as a child. They do a little recast. I thought it was brilliant that they just just God, enough. the recastings were oh, amazing. Dude. Really, really good. Oh my god! And, and 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 if you were if you were to describe this movie, tell me and to me and say, hey, they're gonna recast like all the fucking characters in the movie from the first one. They're gonna recast every one of them. I would have been like, oh. I gotta see how bad this is. Yeah, and yeah. holy fuck was because I wrong. you got you got Jack Nicholson who arguably has one of the most recognizable mugs, just his eyebrows, his face shape, and then Shelley Duvall who is definitely a very unique looking person. Yeah. So like, you mean to tell me you're gonna recast two very unique looking people and it's gonna convince me that that's who they are? So props to them for doing that. Well, God. even the guy that they did to, to replace Scatman Crothers, like in the beginning of the movie, yeah. looks like yeah. if they did Danny as a kid, they, they replaced that. Uh, later on in the movie, they got Henry Thomas to, to play Lloyd, which is actually supposed to be Jack. And though they don't really have a whole I lot, thought it was a deep fake. You thought it was a deep fake? Right. I thought it was it a deep fake. So, do you guys know who Henry Thomas is? Henry Thomas. Mm-mm. Yes. You don't recognize him? Yes, absolutely. Why, why don't you tell us? You don't fucking know, do you? Yeah, I do. Don't lie to me, dude. Yeah, I do. Don't look in my eyes and lie to me like that. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I know who it is. Okay, you look away and you lie. <laughs> you turn your head and you lie. You turn your head and you lie. Henry, uh, Henry Thomas is who the, he played the, uh, he was a kid and he played Elliot. E. Oh, e. fucking E.T. How about that? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so I mean, like, when you see it then, you're like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. He was yeah. in, um, God, he was in a lot of movies. I remember when he was in Legends of the Fall with uh, Brad Pitt back in the 90s. Suicide Kings, you ever seen that one? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, it's so amazing. Oh, yeah, God. so, anyways, yeah, when, I mean, he really looked like I'll be Jack damned. Nicholson, and, um, I don't know, they did some fantastic recasting. I I actually really love how the movie, most of the movie doesn't really reference The uh, the Shining, the movie, you know, uh, that we just talked about. They they have this whole new thing going on with the True Knot, with Abra, no, she because the reason that that Abra's involved is that she can see what the true knot is doing to these kids. She can feel it. She wants to stop them. Then she somehow gets uh, connected to Danny. She can feel him. She starts communicating with him, and which is really cool because it's through that chalkboard wall in his room. It's like one wall that and a student that lived there before had converted over to a chalkboard, so yeah. he could write his like math problems on right. shit. And so now she's like, you can see her writing with chalk onto the board and and that was really cool how they communicated like that but I just thought that was cool how like all that happens and then it all comes full circle when they go back to the overload everything has to do with yeah. everything yeah, yeah it's a, and this is kind of that reoccurring theme that we talk about with Stephen King with fate is a wheel right yeah. like your destiny is a wheel yeah. it just always and is, I, and is, I know and it's cycle. so crazy too because I, I, I you know it's it's again that's an underlying theme with with uh, Stephen King, like you said. But I, I think that even Kubrick, with the eighty back to nineteen, uh, the Shining from nineteen eighty, like he, I think he picks up on a lot of those patterns and sort of this this ongoing like sort of centrifugal force of evil that sort of builds and continuously exists. I mean, I think that there's a lot of that in the Shining, and I think it's definitely picked up here. And things you know come back around full yeah. circle. Yeah. It's like they know. They know where it's... I mean, I think you kind of see it building up. You know that, like, okay, they're going back to the Overlook. They have to. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, Danny says, if if, if that place has an effect on me, it's got to have an effect on them. Well, I think the, the reason that they go there is because Danny has a plan. He knows that they've killed some of the members of the True Knot. Mm-hmm. Rose the Hat is fucking pissed, and she's coming. Abra says, she's coming. I, and I, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, that scene where I love that scene where they set up with the rifles in the, in the forest. I did not think they were... I thought that wasn't going to end well for 
Billy and Danny. I didn't expect them to take out basically the entire knot. Yeah, right it was there. fucking badass. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I loved, loved it. Like, it had like a little action scene. Yeah. Going on. And, and it's yeah. kind of weird because in The Shining, the same thing happens with Dick. Wakes up from a sleep because of Danny. He gets on a plane. He get he goes through. Well, it's all snowed in. Yeah, yeah, a barricaded area. He gets into a snowplow. Gets in the hotel and is immediately killed. Yeah, almost like what the fuck was the point Axe of him the going there? Yeah, and then you just see like all of a sudden, just like it's that easy to kill the people. Oh yeah, it was that yeah. easy to kill him. Yeah, and, and just and the same with the crow daddy. How he just gets so cocky that he's just killed easily. And it, I, I love how they did that. I did too. I thought that was a really great and scene. I, I think it kind of plays in the theme. It's like you can, you can't ever really stop evil. Like you did a really good job of kind of brushing it under the rug, but you know what? Still there. Still yeah. there. It's gonna find its way to rear its head, and uh, so it's just like it's. I think that it's a really, really good way that that's portrayed. Um, yeah. Um, I just. I don't know. The whole thing was cool. How it all kind of came back to the the overlook, but yeah. it was it was a plan. Of course, you don't know that when they're going there. You don't. I, I, you're like, why are they going back to the overlook? Well, it was because they're like, we're gonna trick Rose. We're gonna make Rose think that she is, you know, getting into Abra's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, getting into it and then like gonna fuck with her and get, and gonna get to him that way. But literally, they're in Danny's mind. They're in the maze again, and. Um, and I just thought it was cool because Danny, you know, uh, in the beginning of Doctor Sleep, you see that those evil entities or ghosts from the Overlook have been following Danny for years, and he's able to, like, compart. What, what, do, you, what do they call it? Like, they, they um, compartmentalize. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he literally puts them in like little boxes. Trap them. Trap them. Trap them. Similar to what uh, Abra does. That's puts right. them in filing cabinets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So he puts them in there, and then he unleashes all of them on Rose the Hat, and she didn't see that coming. That's how they take her down. I thought that was a really, really fucking really amazing cool. way. Of course, now he doesn't know how to get them all back in to their uh, boxes, but... I, I will say that is the only part where I was like... That's uh, kind of contra- contradictory, is where... Because in The Shining, Danny's like told that by Tony that none of these can hurt you at all. Like, and that's why I think Jack Nicholson, or Jack and the dad, is able to kill. And it's so destructive, is because he's told that those can't hurt you. And it's just like, that's the question I had afterwards, is why is these boxed demons, personal demons, able to... To kill Rose? Kill Rose. Well, I think that Tony was trying to tell Danny that to keep him from being afraid. I don't think it was a little. Ah, okay. I, don't, okay. I think he was uh, just trying theory. to use a kid. I think I he was like trying that. to do Yeah, and I, I think there's a, definitely that's a big part of it too, but I, I also kind of think that, uh, I mean, if you. What, whatever, whatever's going on in the Overlook <laughs> Hotel, right? Um, you don't want to awaken the beast. And so if you can be like, yeah, it's not really there, it's not going to hurt you, if you can avoid it, then it, you, like you said, you could probably do, one, you're not going to scare a kid to death, and two, maybe if you can like, stay out of room 237, don't waken the beast, like, you know, uh, then, then then don't, right? Like, if you can avoid it, then it's probably the better. So we're not even going to go there. You know, like, it's kind of like, uh, uh, he, Holleran says in The Shining, he's like, and hey, nothing in that room, to, you know, so don't need to be concerned yourself with it. Like, if you, out of sight, out of mind, right? So... I think it's like that. I think he was just trying to keep him from being afraid. Yeah, but, but as we know. Yeah, fair enough. I just think that the ending was so fucking cool for Dr. Sleep, how it all came together. It, it tied it in. You know, he, 
Dan goes to the bar. All of a sudden, Lloyd has changed. It's not the same person. It's now Jack, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be his dad. He's trying to convince him to drink because he's been sober for like eight years at that point. And, you know, he still put, turns the drink down. You yeah. Know, he, he's, he's struggling, but he turns it down because he knows he's not, he's, it's just not going to be good for him. He's and not his dad. He's not his dad. Um, you know, I initially had a real sort of problem and with the fact that, you know, that whole conversation with Jack Torrance at the bar. And it's like, my biggest thing, and I still think that why well, I still kind of like am like, man, is like it, it. There's momentum building there towards the end, and then it kind of all stops down for this like scene, and it's like it kind of kills like this momentum they start to build up towards the end of the movie. But now going back and then watching The Shining again and seeing how things played out with Grady and that conversation, it's like okay, like I appreciate it more now because it's like, um, you know, tables have turned a little bit, right? Yeah. And so uh, it's like I don't. I still am like kind of like it's weird that like they kind of it, that scene is so I think it's a little too long uh, for me, but like I, I don't hate it nearly as much because it was really like it really bothered me. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I thought yeah, it was I, I have a bit better appreciation for it now. Yeah. I thought it was amazing because Grady is the guy serving drinks. You know, um, Jack was the caretaker. Yeah, Lloyd was a bartender, and it just goes to show that well, Grady was also the caretaker. Yeah. So Jack is now the bartender and Lloyd might be the waiter. You know, it's just like this full circle of how evil comes. It depends on the year. It depends on when you go to that hotel. Right. And, and it depends we... on the convenience because, right. uh, you know, Danny just so happens to be there. So, of course, Lloyd would take the presence of someone he's familiar with, which sure. would be his dad. Sure. And, and he keeps trying to trick him and say, no, I'm not your dad. Mm-hmm. But that's evil trying to trick and say be someone familiar and and that's that's kind of the whole deception the whole like being the snake and uh the garden of eden just be like oh no i i i yeah i'm, evil, I'm, I'm evil just a guy a to serve you a powerful drink. if you believe it doesn't exist yeah. because you're naive to it right yeah and so if, if evil presents itself as a face that's familiar you may not nearly be as apprehensive to sort of fall trapped to what's going on, right? I mean, yeah. what do they say? The, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is, you know, convincing people he didn't exist because if he doesn't exist, then you're more vulnerable to it, right? right. It's not even a thing. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that going on in both these movies. Watching The Shining, you know, going back and watching it after I saw Dr. Sleep, and like, okay, it's like, now I start to appreciate both movies, just like you said, mm-hmm. a lot more, but especially the very few things I didn't like about Dr. Sleep, I'm like, oh yeah, that's why, because it's very thematical to what is going on with these movies. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's fucking, man. How, how often is it that, like, this happens with movies? That you get something as great as The Shining, and then fucking 40 years later, something comes out that makes The Shining better, and also can can really stand on its this own is two it. legs. Fellas, I can't, I can't think of a single I can't think other... With that much time in between. It's kind of rare to have a sequel that's better than the original. I mean, you know, we've talked about that with both, like, you know, Terminator or Aliens or whatever, which are not necessarily better than the they're, original. They're, they're, they're yeah, just, like, just as right? good like, and, like, and make the original better or whatever, things like that. Um, this is a unique situation, man. I mean, yeah, especially that length of time in between. But yeah, you know, and so, I mean, we're kind of there, right? We're, we're approaching like, what happens in this movie. It's like, then it's like, it's all out. It's kind of like a battle royale. Like, Danny unleashes all these. He's like, you yeah, know, I got a little something for you, Rose the Hat. It's like, and he starts to unlock all these little yeah. boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see this, just like, hell unleashed. All these things he's kind of like, 
holding back and harboring, you know. Uh, I was so surprised that they were actually able to take her down and that she wasn't more powerful because, you know, she had all that steam collected from all the, the, the right. shine, shiners. And, uh, but she kind of went on a binge with that. Well, she just she well, inhaled she all of them. Yeah. And so I thought, fuck it. Yeah. She, yeah. I just thought, oh, damn, they're not going to be able to beat her. And right. then it was kind of easy. <laughs> like, yeah. they tricked yeah, her. Like, oh. Oh. They it was, actually it had a very clim- climactic ending. Yeah. I mean, it was they great. actually had I liked the rest it. of the unboxing that Danny or Dan like unboxed. It, that was the new problem, and it's just like, oh, sure, well, yeah. Well, shit, didn't see that coming. Well, and, and, and Dan knew at that point that he was still going to struggle and and all that, and I think that he just wanted to be uh, with his mom and and whatever else he was able to do if he would just leave this earth uh, in mortal form. You know, like physically leave. Yeah. So then, and, and so he goes to the boiler room and he blows it up. And he knew that that hotel needed to go anyways and needed to be blown up. Uh, but I just love again. Uh, we talked about it earlier. How it was a nod to the original novel because John, who was actually Jack, blows up the hotel unintentionally. Oh, right. Yeah. He he, he he he's lured in there, but he forgot to take care of the boiler room. Whatever right. he's supposed to do and to to uh, keep the maintenance going, and it blows up then. So this was Mike Flanagan's way of kind of mm-hmm. um, you know. Bringing it back because that's not in the novel of Doctor Sleep of them blowing up the the hotel. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't even think they they go back to the hotel because it was blown up in the original Shining novel. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, right. yeah, yeah. it's okay. quite different. Again, how cool is it that you have two different versions, man? Yeah, that, you know? that's yeah, I know that's kind of like yeah. That, that, I think I it just make that. like uh, here's here's what I'm excited about. I've never even read the books, but Game of Thrones. I'm very excited to see what Martin's last book is going to be because I hope it just blows away the fucked up ending that we got for Game of Thrones. Yeah, it, it was a terrible. They kind of botched yeah. that. I mean, yeah. Uh, for that whole fight sequence that took up one episode, which was two hours, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, again, that was a badass fight. I, 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 I came badass. late to the series, so it wasn't like I was waiting two years that's to see true. the finale. That's oh, true. Yeah. I, I, I binge watched it up until up that. Until and that then point. I was like, that was great. And my girlfriend at the time was like, are you fucking kidding me? She looked at me like <laughs> she was Jack Torrance. <laughs> you lost your fucking mind? You lost your fucking mind. I was like, I'm late to the game. It's, yeah, yeah that, I just. It's it's impressive, man. I mean, what more can you say? Um, you know, as far as things that maybe I, I dislike. I mean, I went over a, a little bit. You know, maybe that was a weird sort of shift in pacing there at the end. But I have a new appreciation for it with, with Jack Torrance at the bar, uh, talking to Danny or to Dan as he goes by as he's older. Um, I wish that there would have been. It seems like there was more. Okay, her name is Rose the Hat, and there was. There's there's got to be more to her hat because like even in the in the grocery store when she gets pushed I believe that's what they call uh-huh. her hat falls off and it's like this big thing because the lady goes to touch it and it's like is there more there like I don't know but we talked about this in a few other okay we've done a few podcasts we talked about in Halloween after H two O when right before Lori chops off the head of Michael. You know, you see him feeling for his face, and you're like, yeah. oh, my God, uh, he, like, that mask is part of him. And yeah. then, you know, in Leprechaun, the shoes, like, are... are Fuck a lot of the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's obsessed with his shoes. He's obsessed. She's obsessed with her hat, because she brings it up all the time. She's like, oh, you're probably wondering about my hat. Yeah, and, she talks about it a lot. Yeah, and... like that when it falls yeah, off her head. And, yeah, and that's always, like, an obsession of hers, and maybe that's just a... 
kind of the trait of a true psychopath in any it's true you guys must have just not remembered the scene where she's like yeah I just picked it up at a Goodwill and, oh uh, yeah and yeah. I, I just like the looks we're over, of it we're over analyzing it yeah guys she just, she just oh. got it. It, was a, it was a hand-me-down type thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah thrift store thing so yeah it was no big deal she found it while her friends were waiting to pick her up for Chinese yeah I mean, I guess, me. I guess it's better than, than, than Rose the Cod Piece because it could have been that. What if it was a Merkin that I she wish had? It was that. Rose the Merkin. <laughs> Rose uh, yeah, the Merkin. So, hey, we, we got Rose the Hat. It could have been anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, guys, it, what's some dislikes on this one? I don't have any. Um, not enough Merkins. Not enough Merkins, yeah. Merka. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, my, my biggest thing, honestly, it used to be that, that whole... Because, I mean, my, my thing was, it's like, I, I knew that Jack Torrance was going to show back up at some point in time. Uh, and I do kind of wish that maybe it was a different capacity or maybe that that conversation didn't happen when it did, but there's very little that I, that I would say that I dislike about this movie, uh, especially now kind of looking at it from a different perspective. I think those have kind of been washed away. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I know that. Yeah. I, I don't have any dislikes on this one. I really, no. really enjoyed it. I'm so glad that they made this movie. This is something I'm, I'm not so glad it's not I what s- I initially thought it was when yeah. I saw the trailer. Yeah. I will say on this one. I wish they would have had like some flashes where it showed what day of the week it was. <laughs> you ass. That would have made it so much better. What would have made it so much yeah. better. Dude, I have recommended this movie to so many people. Yeah. And right. I'm like, you gotta watch The Shining and Doctor Sleep together. It's like it's such a good good couple movies to watch back to back and I mean, hell, you do that, that's like Five five and a half it's hours. About, it's about five, yeah, this is this is at two thirty two. The Shining's at two twenty six. So okay, so yeah, right about, about five, five hours, hours or so. I mean, that's but a, what a that's great awesome. afternoon, right? Yeah. But what a great little way to spend an uh, you know an afternoon if you're still in quarantine. You know, I know it's we're kind of getting out of that, but hell, if, if you're you got, in isolation, watch a movie about, about isolation. isolation. You'll right. feel you'll feel even more isolated. Yeah. Or you'll feel like maybe you'll feel less bad about your situation because it's not nearly as bad as being right. How cathartic could you get? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Cool. Uh, guys, I'm really stoked that we covered this, though. This was really fun. And, yeah, and, uh, I am too, and it just so happens that, like, so we're, we're recording this. It's May, we've already mentioned this, but it's May 24th. Uh, the Shining came out May 23rd, 1980, so mm-hmm. what a coincidence. And again, if we're talking about a series of patterns and loops, much like there's underlying theme in this movie, what a weird coincidence that just so happens that this wasn't even what we were supposed to be talking about. We had something else lined up, we watched the movies, we'd gotten together, and this just sort of you know, sort of fell into our lap, much like I think the Overlook Hotel fell into Danny's lap, mm-hmm. and it made him realize that he can explain what's going on in his life, and it changed the course of things. Like, it's kind of just weird. 40 years later, we're able to, like, discuss some of these super things. Super cool. Super, super cool, man. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm do you think, all. real fast, do you think that there's any need for any further stories in this Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I'd love to see where Abra goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love to see. I'd her. love to see the true knot. Um, more yeah. about them because you got to think that. Um, you know, I always say, you know, you, you know, a movie is it's a small window of, of of time you're looking into. There's so much more, as we know with Stephen King. Obviously, there's a lot more to this universe. So you got to think there's more people out there that carry on this way. Rose the Hat mentions that. Yeah, yeah. she did. Abra's definitely, she's young. She has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, I would even like to see them bring her back. She was so good, you God, know? Yeah. Bring her back. What I would really hope for, and I don't know if this ever happens. I mean, I know that everything is, is tied together uh, through the Dark Tower series, but I wish they would do another Dark Tower movie to do that some justice. 
and like tie all this in somehow. I, I don't I see mean, why they couldn't because you know what, man, they've with all the goddamn it, reboots. They've they do done these it. Days. They've done it with so many different types of movies. It's like they made the Hulk and then a different different Hulk, and they finally get the Hulk right. I know it's a different thing, but like. They could yeah. do a reboot of a reboot and get it right. Now, I mean, who fucking cares? This is one thing that I would love to see, like, HBO do. You know, a series of all of this, like, the Dark Tower series. Like, fucking do, don't do a movie. We, the, we need, there's dude, so much dude, to it, you can't fit it in. I think that that's... Wow, you are a genius. Yeah, I think that that's... that's Blumhouse, if you're listening. Yeah, that's the direction they have to go. If you're going to do something with the Dark Tower universe and trying to encapsulate what Stephen King's created in this massive world... It's gonna have to be. A well, series. I mean, think about this. So uh, I know that I know that the new It movies were Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers is Time Warner, which is owned by AT and T now. Um, AT and T also owns HBO. So having said yeah. that, they, it essentially could be a quote unquote like sequel to It and things like that. So getting. Bill Skarsgård back to play right. Pennywise, right. things like that. That that potentially could be a possibility if they did an HBO series on the Dark Tower. Right. So I mean, think things like that. Like if they were able to tie in it with The Shining, with Salem's Lot, with you know, with all this shit, dude, that would be so cool. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it goes back to it, and we said it at the beginning. It's like you know, we're talking about a lot of reboots. But you can't be mad about it if it's done well, right? Yeah. If it's done right, who am I to complain that they make, uh, you know, uh, a reboot or they continue to? I mean, do it right, do it justice, and if that format is TV or uh, streaming service, I guess television. I mean, it, yes, you're watching on television. But it's not like it's a, a channel. It's a it's a fucking streaming service. That's the direction of everything. So be it. That's the medium you have to use. Man, I'm here for it. If it, if it means you can get the story fleshed out and done the right way, because I just don't. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. I haven't seen the Dark Tower movie, but I haven't. I am not going to. I and I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and watch some other Stephen King movies I've never seen. There, there's quite a few of them. I've never seen Cujo. I've never seen Graveyard Shift. Um, Is it thinner. Thinner's, thinner's good. I like uh-huh. that one. Um, there's there's quite a few of them that I've never seen. So I, I'm I'm really intrigued to go back and at least rewatch the movies. Start trying to get into the novels and everything. And Christine. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Okay. I hate to admit it. Never seen that. Christine. Never seen Christine. Uh, uh, I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But so, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really pumped, guys. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that, that I think that, that I, do I, I do want to know from anybody listening to this if you're listening, and I'm you, sure which you I, are, I'm sure everybody everyone is, in the world is intensely. I'm, sh- I'm sure this has gone viral multi million times, but yeah. I want to know which SK got it right. By SK, I mean Stephen King or Stanley Kubrick. Which one got it right for the original Shining? Yeah. You know, anyone who's read the Stephen King novel compared to the miniseries compared to the Stanley Kubrick. So interesting, you know, uh, we got, again, if you're going to go with parallels and patterns, SK and SK, Stanley Hotel, Stanley Kubrick, which Stephen King was got the inspiration to write The Shining in, is the Stanley Hotel, but which future director Stanley Kubrick was in. Uh, wow, wow, we can go on forever. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Lots of lots of kawinky dinks. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we want to hear from you guys. Let us know. Did you love Doctor Sleep? Did you hate it? Do you like The Shining? Hey, there's, pl- there's plenty of people that think The Shining is is long and boring. And it, from uh, if you are a uh, fan of horror and your flavor of horror is the slasher is that sort of thing which I love me some slashers yeah. this may not be your bag this may not be your cup of tea 
So you got to go into it knowing knowing what it is, though. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a slasher. It's not. It's a kind of a slow burn and things like that. But maybe it's for a more mature audience. There's but. been plenty of people that I, I've talked to, especially with The Shining, that said that they really didn't get a true grasp and appreciation until they saw it a couple of times. So yeah, maybe you're in that boat. That. Maybe you've seen it once and you're like, okay, maybe we've convinced you to watch it again. I highly recommend. While you're at it, throw Dr. Sleep in there and then watch Room 237 as sort of like a little icing on the cake to kind of give you a different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, I think that just about. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and take the tape back to Lloyd, I guess, right? Oh, no. I see no, just let's just I'm... leave it on the nightstand. And, yeah, get the and, fuck uh, out of here. Let's get out the, if we can make it out of that goddamn maze. <laughs> let's get the fuck hey, out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, guys, did you see those two twin girls out in the hallway? No. They've always been here. Oh. Wait, there's wait, there's girls out in the hallway? I didn't see that. Yeah, there's a couple girls. There's a dude in, like, a bear outfit. <laughs> I, I With a ball gag? No, maybe I don't know. Okay, maybe yeah. I don't know. It could be the. I didn't. I, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> so, you're still riding high on that. I mean, you need to. You need to come down. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Oh, cool man. Let yeah. Just fucking leave this tape in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Lloyd. Yeah. Let's get the fuck Lloyd. Let's uh. Fuck Lloyd. Let's fuck Lloyd. Fuck Lloyd. All right, guys. I think that does it for us. Yeah. Let's uh fucking burn this boiler room up and. Yeah. Burn this bitch down. Ooh, yeah. And yeah. then maybe maybe you could like cue in some cool sound effects of, like burning wood. And that's how we'll, and an explosion and that's how we'll end it. I don't think that's possible, but okay. <laughs> it's just it's a minor inconvenience, but anything for you. But that's okay. Yeah. Alright, so let's do the uh, let's do the outro thing that we do. Do you agree or disagree with us? Did we miss something? Is there something horror related that you'd like to hear us cover? Make sure and let us know, like, and subscribe on social media to keep in touch with us between episodes. We look forward to hearing from you. So listen up. And remember, stay scary.